Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to our regular listeners and those who are new to A Serious Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio every third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. A Serious Radio Live invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. As always, be prepared for another amazing show covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, life on other planets, and much, much more. Today, on the Sirius Radio Live, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be talking about an advanced path for ordinary people. So without further ado, I give you Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Well, thank you, Nikki, and thank you very much to your cat as well, (laughs) who who is in fine voice by the sound of it. Hi, Chrissy. I wonder what he's... He's making comments there. We're not quite sure what, but we also have another guest on our show. Apart from we the do, cat, but and that is uh, we do, and uh, that is a uh, our regular Alison Lawrence, and Richard and Alison ha- had a very interesting experience last night, a sighting which I think they're going to kick off the show by talking to us about. We are, but can we start with? The, is this our cat, Alison? That's making yes, this story. <laughs> she it wants me, but I do apologise. It does remind me, once I was on a radio show years ago with Radio (laughs) Liverpool at about midnight, and it happened to be Halloween night. And we have um, cats, and um, we were, you know, talking, I don't know what the topic, some metaphysical, mystical topic, and suddenly our cat let out this gigantic noise, which went right across the the whole of Liverpool, and the presenter was a very straightforward person said, what are you doing, Dr. Lawrence, down there? Are you doing an incantation? But no, oh, yeah. sorry. Anyway, I interrupted you there, Chrissy. So, as you, yeah, yes, you're introducing Alison. And Alison, you, sorry, you were going to tell yes, us about hello, our experience yes, last here, night. Mm, mm. <laughs> well, yes, let me explain what happened. We were out on our usual uh, nightly stroll, and uh, we have the habit of looking up into the sky because uh, we know, you never know what you're going to see. And I saw what uh, originally uh, what looked like a satellite because it was following a course. It was bright, but it looked like a large star. And then suddenly it started to curve round and turned bright magenta. And it carried on sort of describing a circle and went from magenta to green and it carried on did a whole circle and uh, came back and did the same thing again went back to white to slightly orange and went turned green and magenta again now what's interesting is that uh, the last radio show that uh, i did with chrissy was uh, flying saucers are here to stay and uh, <laughs> as the uh, the old saying goes, you take two steps 
towards God, and they t- God will take two steps towards you. Or and one I step. I think we're even. being watched. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's one step, isn't it? That They'll that take show, two towards we, you. Did yeah. you say that in your and show? We said that one in step show, towards you. Well, all right. And that title, UFOs Are Here to Stay, was invented, of course, by Dr. King himself. That was his own title. But uh, that's interesting, and of course I was there too. It lasted about ten minutes, and um, as Alison was watching this object, another object, I know this might sound far out, and I'm I'm going to explain in a moment just how we we were very careful uh, to check this out, because I think Alison... We're going to have to put Pixie in another room, aren't we? Because she, she, wants, she wants to do the show, I think. I know. She keeps following me around. Um, but anyway, there we were standing in our street in Fulham, in London. And as Alison was watching that, I was watching another object moving around. At one moment, it, had, uh, it was bright red with three points like in a triangular shape. And it, it curved round. Then it changed to completely to green, came round back to orange like an orange ball and then it went round again did two circuits and then it was very very cold last night and Alison then went into the house and I I was watching the one that she'd been watching and that became an orange ball and then it went off into the distance became white and then it looked about the size it looked anyway to be like a star that moved and it went off into the distance during this 10 minutes, by the way, there were also aeroplanes, about six or eight aeroplanes came over, I would say, because we're not too far from an airport. And also there was a satellite I saw come over. So, and, and this was very high in the sky. But anyway, to be very careful, we were wondering, look, could have this have been drones? Because, you know, one has to be very careful and and on the skeptical side i feel especially when you have the number of sightings that alice and i seem to have been having over the last few years so we then rushed in and to look on the internet to check it out and uh it didn't fit any of the, the, the descriptions we could find so i spent the whole of this morning phoning various agencies the civil aviation authority the national air traffic services the ministry of defense to try and find out whether these could have been drones, because now, of course, there are drones. It's another thing one has to look out for. Um, I was certainly told that all aircraft, including military aircraft and helicopters and commercial craft, all have flashing strobe lights on them. They have to. Uh, eventually, I found I spoke to an air traffic controller at the uh, National Air Traffic Services in the UK, who told me that the larger drones, which this would have had to have been, because very high in the sky, higher than some of the aeroplanes, uh, that's possible for a drone, though. But he said that it would have had to have the same air navigation lights as a, uh, a, a craft, uh, because it would be under the same air navigation order. And therefore, it would have had to have a flashing strobe on it. And none of these had flashing lights, did they, Alison? No, no, absolutely. We watch very carefully. And, I mean, we've seen so many of these small planes that sort of just fly around. I, I, don't, I, I worry about them sometimes because they're, they're really yeah. so small. You know, they're not like these large airliners at all. You know, they're probably so one or two seaters. 
Yeah, but I was wondering, you know, why this would happen and how could this happen? It's a, you know, uh, it's almost too much. It's one thing, it's fantastic enough just to see a craft at a distance, but to see these two objects changing colour, shape. Another thing they did was change in the intensity of their light. So you'd have it as an orange ball, quite dim, and then it would suddenly sort of magnify its light and become extremely bright as it moved on in these circular movements. I it's possible i don't know it could be related to ethereus radio live it was the night before the show today the last program we did was ufos are here to stay yes that's you right. you had made the statement you take one step to them they take two towards you and then we had two ufos which we watched for about 10 minutes um performing these these movements so we thought we'd just share it with the listeners of ethereus radio live Yes, I, I know. It's so exciting, really. Yeah, very yeah. exciting. Did you feel the two craft were related in any way? I know they were different shapes, but was, were they the same height sort of thing? Or? Well, they might Possible. have been because they were they both been. in the sky together. And Alison, yeah. you saw yours first, didn't you? Yes, you were the I first did. one. And then I, I saw, I say, Martin. Yes, well, it started yeah. out. It started out as a white light. I thought, oh, is it a satellite? But it seemed bigger than that. And then it just transformed. You know, it went first to magenta, and it started to curve round. Well, a satellite won't do that. And uh, near it was a, a small plane with red and green flashing lights. You see. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was well, quite different. Fantastic sighting. So, and yeah, well, we it's, did it's remind us on the show last time, Alison, didn't we, that uh, the thing to do is to look up at the skies, and that's something I know you and Richard always do, don't you? You always look up. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> and, I, and people don't, I mean, it's a strange thing. While we were standing there on this very cold night in the street, about half past seven, um, our neighbour came back home from work, I suppose, and he sort of, good evening, we said good evening, and there we were standing up looking at the sky, but he didn't... <laughs> look up you know and he even seeing us doing it and he's a very nice chap ah. and he went in he was cold but i think that is it i you know why don't people have these experiences i think that's a lot of it they are not looking or if they are they might see an object like that going across the sky and think well it must be a plane or it must be a drone or it must be something else and i don't think many people would spend over three hours as i did this morning trying to get an answer from the drones department of the civil aviation authority and i spoke to three different people in it all of whom were very nice people and couldn't really get to the bottom of whether or not it could have been a drone, it didn't seem that it could until I got onto this other department, an air traffic controller. And you'd, most people wouldn't bother to do that, so they'd just either go no, away no. thinking, you know, well, it, it was probably something I don't understand, or if they were a, a, a UFO enthusiast, they might quickly jump to the conclusion that it was a UFO, where, in which it may not have been. So no, I think that's I what goes careful. on, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did speak to yeah, somebody... It- at, College, which they have a drones society there, and I said oh. to her, I said, well, I want to be careful, so I don't want to just say it was a UFO. Before she could, I could finish the sentence. She said, oh no, you don't want to say it was a UFO. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I could tell there's a, there's a yeah. sort of an, a, a definite desire from a lot of people to say that it isn't one. There's one or two people who'd be overly keen to say that it was one. 
Um, and I think you can see, I can start to understand why. I think there's a lot of apathy and lack of interest from a lot of people nowadays in the whole subject, and they're just simply not going to look for them. And I'm not even saying you, exactly. you need to, but with us it seems to, uh, to happen every so often. We did find over the years, promoting the whole topic of UFOs when we did in the past, that the more we promoted, the more UFO sightings were seen. I mean, there's a direct correlation. So your theory yeah. that it could be related to the show is not... You know, it's not far-fetched. It's uh, quite possible. It sounds far out, but considering that we in the Ethereum Society cooperate directly with intelligences from other planets, it isn't that far out at all, uh, actually, when one really thinks about it. No. But anyway, Alison, thanks very much. Uh, yes, thank it's you. It's not a UFO <laughs> show this, this month, but uh, you're on next thanks. month, aren't you? That's right, yes. Right. Thank you, Alison. Great thank sighting. You. Wow. So, Chrissy, the other thing I thought that uh, we, we should probably catch up on is um, Syria, because I know we've been calling for people to pray for the region, and lots of people have been, and we've had our, our best attended ever, actually, emergency. We had an emergency online service on 12blessings.org and other weekend ones, and of which I'm sure I think you've took one, Chrissy, and there have been others where we've been sending energy to Syria uh, for peace, Absolutely, freedom, yeah. and aid. Um, now, I, I feel a lot of people would just kind of give up on that region. I think this is just impossible. I mean, it's a dire situation. Let's call it a day, nothing. And you could take that defeatist attitude, but it certainly wouldn't be the King Yoga attitude or the Dr. George King attitude. And we've, we've carried yeah. on. We've also done some releases through the Spiritual Energy Radiator in, in, in London and in Barnsley. And also we've done some Operation Prayer Power releases. That's our stored energy and batteries from both areas. Um, we've, we've released hundreds of hours and tried to target it. And when all this started, it must have been some month ago that we started doing this, there was no doubt in the media uh, that the resolution that was put before the Security Council would be vetoed by Russia. It would go nowhere. That proved wrong. That went through. Yes. Then everyone said, well, yes, okay, there's a, there's a UN. No one will take any notice of that. Nothing will be done on the ground. And you can understand why people say those things. Then Russia came through. Putin actually came through and said, well, there should be these five-hour-a-day ceasefires and, and corridors to relieve people. People, we were told, could not get out of eastern Ghouta near Damascus because of the crossfire and the dangers of the firing. And that will never happen, we were told. We carried on. Uh, the aid convoys weren't getting in because of firing, so we actually targeted one of the aid convoys as it went in with a prayer power discharge simultaneously of hundreds of prayer hours, I think over 300 prayer hours. Now, on this occasion, it would be over 200 prayer hours. Um, and, in fact, the convoy did get in for the first time, but then they were saying, well, people will never get out. I mean, admittedly, I want to say it, it was only a, it's only a tiny uh, matter compared to the horrendous suffering there and the dark forces in, in action there from various quarters and many political interests. All the more reason, though, to send light when we can. And then eventually people started to get out. I think something like 50,000 have got out now. And, of course, the, the media report that as they're, they're running. Now that they're running away from the firing, whereas before they couldn't get away because of the firing, 
So one has to just, I mean, it's still far from, even today, there have been terrible casualties, but little glimmers of peace and freedom and aid have got in there. And I want to thank all those Ethereum Radio Live listeners who've been joining in with our online services and praying for that region. It does make a difference. Um, we just don't know. As Dr. King used to say, you don't know what you might do. He said, you might be the very person to save 50 lives when you come along to say to Operation Prayer Power. Or indeed, if you join in with the 12 blessings, you don't know what good you might do. Exactly. And if you want to join in, it's 12blessings.org. That's 12blessings.org. Um, regular services. So please join us. Fantastic. Thanks for bringing that out, Richard. And I think it illustrates, doesn't it, the extraordinary path of the Ethereum Society, which, as you say, is, is, is for ordinary people like us. And right. extraordinary because of the teachings and the global healing missions. And extraordinary because of the master we, ha- we have, Dr. George King, and yes. who he is. But he, you know, he was so much more enlightened than us, thousands of lifetimes but because his, his message was extraordinarily profound, but also very practical and designed in such a way that every one of us could participate. And I literally mean everyone. Um, yes. It's, it's amazing, really. And today we are going to discuss this extraordinary path and the true identity of Dr. George King, uh, the man and master behind all this. And I'd like yeah. to, just like to say that Richard is in a un- unique position to do this because not only was he a very close disciple and friend of Dr. King, but because you've been researching and writing uh, Dr. King's biography now for, well, many months, and Mm. has access to some very little-known information about him. And I I think you've really been thinking very, very deeply about many things. So I wondered if you would care to elaborate on what is meant by the true identity of Dr. George King. Yes, well, I, I think what one thing, found. and because and, you're right, because you too knew, you knew him very well, and some of us were fortunate to be with him a lot, um, and I spoke to him pretty well every day for about 20 years, one way or another, and one thing that he did do, and when I think back, he kind of, he did acknowledge it every now and then, but I don't think we took it on board as much as some of us should have done, probably all of us should have done, was to dim his light, he went out of his way, I, I feel, and my research has proved even more than I'd realized he went out of his way, to play himself down. Um, he was an extremely advanced master. He brought and taught an extremely advanced path. But as you, as you rightly say, though, Chrissy, it was delivered not just by him, actually, but by the cosmic masters who spoke through him in a very accessible manner, Uh, as simply put as it possibly could be, as understandable as they could possibly make it. I think the Master Etherius is a great example of this because he talks in a way as if he's telling you something you already knew, as if he's just reminding you of some sort of bit of common sense that you already knew. And when you (laughs) peel between the surface of what he's actually said, it could be a massive uh, revelation, uh, which at one time would have been cloaked in secrecy on this planet. Uh, And that's really what happens with the Ethereum Society, never mind the things that we do. And that's what happened with Dr. King personally. I mean, uh, for example, I've discovered, and we've, we've talked before, 
about um, the fact that he came from another world, were quite open about that. Um, he went out of his way, I would say, in the early days, and I mean here the 1950s, before he came to America particularly, to withhold that information. Um, you'll find transmissions by St. Guling, by the Master Etherius, by Mars Sector 6, by Master Jesus. I mean, the Master Jesus is very open. I think in one transmission he said, you are now one of us. I can't remember the exact words, and we now declare this. Uh, but he didn't push it. He kept it secret. I, I found a, an early London committee minute, actually, Chrissy, which was notes taken from a transmission delivered by St. Guling. I'm afraid I have to, I don't think one should keep this secret because it has to be known that sadly some of the transmissions that were delivered through Dr. King in the very early days were, were recorded over and have been lost. Yeah, yeah. Not the majority, but there's a small number, and one or two of them are very, very significant indeed. And this is a great... Uh, it, the, Dr. King himself didn't know this, by the way, um, and I'm afraid that goes down quite poorly. Uh, it was all done, yeah. I, I believe, to save money. But um, anyway, that didn't happen from, from the time he got to America, for sure. But anyway, this particular transmission I'm referring to has, was recorded over, but there are minutes taken of it, and in it... Uh, Sengling made it clear that Dr. King should reveal, or it should be revealed, basically, who he is and the fact that he came from a particular planet, uh, which wasn't revealed. Uh, he didn't even publish it himself. And that's a sort of, that's a little example of how he decided, uh, partly, I'm sure, out of humility, partly out of strategy, I'm sure, for whatever reason, and it seems to me anyway, that as the years went by, the, uh, the masters accepted his strategy, just like they would accept the strategy of the master Jesus. I don't think everybody, every great intelligence, from what I gather, agreed that the master Jesus should allow himself to die, but they accepted it because it was his strategy. And in the same way, it's a different thing, but I, 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 the feeling I get is they said, okay, this is the way he's playing it, and they went along with it. But I, I think it was he himself who played himself down. What I'm trying to do, and not just me, Brian Kniep as well, um, in, in the writing of the biography, is to see him, the, the, let the full light shine, you know, or remove the oh. bushel, if you like, that he put over the light, and let it shine. And that's uh, you know, it's a great honour, but it's um, very intense. I, I find it very intense. Yeah. And unlike him, I find myself going in, if I'm not careful, into quite a sort of erudite way of writing, which is not desirable because it should be kept as simple and easy to understand as possible because that's what he did. But um, it is extremely esoteric and very advanced. And then you find, or one can find, that this was made clear. It was made clear by the Master Etherius, spelt it absolutely out, uh, that, that you know, when the world is ready to believe in Dr. King, it will have advanced because he's such an advanced master himself. Um, and he makes the interesting statement that it was foreseen that this would happen, uh, and that it was, and it was part of a plan, he says, but not their plan. So you have to wonder whose plan was it then? And it, yeah. it comes Very back, I think, to Dr. King and his whole approach, uh, which was to take things, 
to their highest possible level. You know, and then, then I'm sorry, I just finished the, this one point that I've discovered, well, and others will know this too, that when he went into the second phase of his mission, which would be in 1965, it was first introduced by St. Guling and then later the Master Etherius. And St. Guling stated that the second phase of his mission, starting then, would be more advanced. So you have here something like, uh, you know, uh, a master had already done star, Operation Starlight and Operation Blue Water and taken the initiation of Earth transmission, uh, but that his mission was going to become more advanced. and In other words, more, on the face of it, difficult for ordinary people to assimilate. But the magic of the theorist society, the magic or one of the magics of King Yoga, is that it isn't impossible for people a way is provided and people can i think largely through the experiences they have the king yoga experiences they have they can assimilate it and they can be ready for it or we can be ready for it but under the traditional terms it would just be too advanced for ordinary people thank you richard absolutely yes karma is a very interesting topic and I know, Richard, mm. it's one of your favorite topics. And um, I wonder if you can explain, you know, it's such an advanced path and such an advanced master we have. And if you mm. believe, as we do, that karma is an exact law and that we can't mm. get anything in life that we don't deserve, that we can't get anything that we haven't earned by our actions and thoughts from the past, either in this life or previous lives, how can you explain to people how relatively ordinary people like us can receive such advanced cosmic teaching such an advanced path surely uh, karmically speaking we wouldn't deserve that yes that's a very good point um i would i i'd love to explain that because the, uh, let me first of all start by just quoting something and i came across this actually this afternoon uh that uh dr king's Oh, he calls him his master, but we know his master was the master of theorists. But uh, 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 an intelligence who guided him, a very advanced intelligence from Mars, who guided him on a number of occasions. And one was the occasion when he received a teaching some listeners will know about called the Four Aspects of Creation. Uh, and he was walking and then on that occasion in London and Putney Common when he had this contact with this intelligence. And one of the statements that intelligence made, I'll now quote, and it's this, truth, my son, oft-times seems enigmatic because it also seems paradoxical. Understanding comes with the appreciation of both poles of this paradox. So I just say that as a sort of, before I go into explaining this very deep point about karma, um, there is an aspect of the law of karma which used to be something like this, it was expressed something like this, when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. And Dr. King himself commented on this in, in 1966. And I'll, I'll just quote now from Dr. King. He said, the teacher has to, by law, take the next step with those pupils who are ready. And if he cannot do so, then the right teacher is brought along to be able to do so. This is one of the laws of karma. It is greater than all of us. 
it is greater than the world, it is greater than the solar system and even the suns because it is one of the great laws. We've known about it for thousands of years on earth. It appertains not only to this earth but all inhabited planets throughout this galaxy. So that's one great truth. When the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. So if, if a student reaches a certain level and the teacher that they may have is not able to take them to the next level, another teacher will come along. And it might be, in our case, through the lives, or it might be within a life. Uh, it could happen in many ways. But we're looking at a situation here, not about when the pupil is ready. We're looking at a situation of when the teacher appears. Um, and that is the, if you like, the paradoxical, the other pole of that same law, perhaps. Uh, so Dr. King has appeared, and as we've discussed many times on Ethereus Radio Live, he hasn't just appeared to teach some individuals. That would be great enough, but that, it wasn't even his primary reason for being here. His primary reason for being here has connection with otherworldly uh, commitments to do with the adepts and the other realms, and the dark forces, and also, perhaps above all, to do with the Mother Earth, and to do with the changes which are taking place. This is the major reason that he came at this time. Uh, not because everybody who will come across Dr. King, including me, and including you, and including you know, everyone who hears this program, is absolutely ready for Dr. King. Uh, it's, he's come because it's the right time. But there's another law, uh, which is a great truth, that the divine law never gives you an opportunity which you're not able to take. And, and if you think about it, it would be unfair if it did. If you were put in a situation which was too much for you, um, that would be very, very unfair. So another aspect, I would suggest, of the law comes into play. And because karma is above time, it would have to come into play even before the moment, if you like, of that opportunity can happen, because that's something that happens in time. Soon as it was known in the scheme of things that you were going to encounter this master, there must be a way, and it might be a remote way for some people, an extremely unlikely way, and a very difficult way possibly, but there must be a possibility of them taking that opportunity. And it's, it's a, it's an, I think it's an aspect of this law which perhaps in these days, in these final days, and sometimes some have called them the sorting of the wheat from the chaff and so on, when that aspect of the law is more important in some way. And, it, you know, it got me... And it's, it's very encouraging. It's very hopeful. It means we can all relate to it. It means we can all do it. That We can't sit round and make the excuse well, I can't do this because I'm not ready for it. Um, and we, I think our way into it is through logic and through examination and through common sense, but primarily through experience. And this is, if you like, maybe the compassionate aspect of it. It's, quite, it's a very advanced concept to talk about charging a holy mountain, but you can go to a holy mountain if you're able to and feel the energy there. It's undeniable. Uh, it, it's very unusual for people to be directly cooperating with an interplanetary satellite knowingly, which is sending down energy, but you can, with experience, feel the difference between an orbit of that satellite uh, 
and when it's not in orbit. So you're, you're, never mind the numerous other experiences. So we're given a way in that we can relate to. And yes, our karma will, if you like, go into sharp focus. But the opportunity is there and we can take it. Do you think somehow, because Dr. King was a, had a tremendously deep understanding of this great law and he manipulated the law to bring us missions like Operation Sunbeam, do you think, I don't know, on, on one level perhaps he was able to manipulate the law in such a way, bringing about the Ethereum Society and the missions so that people could cooperate? I don't know whether that well, uh, yeah. would be possible. Well, I, I, I know for a fact, because he told me, that he himself took karma for uh, to, for Operation Sunbeam at, in the latter years, I'm not saying, and probably in the earlier ones, but certainly in the latter years, those who know about Operation Sunbeam will know that it moved into a phase called Plan K. And he absolutely told me he was taking karma to enable that to happen. So undoubtedly he took karma through his life uh, at different times. And I, I believe not just for the world, certainly for the world, uh, but also for individuals to, to enable these things to start to happen. Um, uh, so that's one thing he did. But I, also, you know, it would be, as I said earlier, unfair to a soul to be, you know, given a way that they just couldn't do. And so, I mean, there are tests on this path. There's no point in saying there aren't. And there always have been, having said that. You know, there's always been an element of sacrifice that the serious spiritual aspirant has to make in one way or another. But there are also moments of tremendous inner satisfaction uh, and, and realization and so on. And the way will be provided to us if we take it. I mean, I was thinking, Chrissy, about some of the most unlikely situations, some of the... Uh, you know the m most extraordinary situations in history and I was thinking in relation to the master Jesus to take another uh, incredible cosmic avatar and two starkly different cases one uh, Pontius Pilate and far strange enough I've been curious about that um, for years, before I ever heard of the Ethereum Society, when I was a teenager, I used to really? wonder about his situation. Because on the face of it, you could argue that it seems really unfair. I mean, he, he was a person, you know, who just did what most governors of the day would have done in that situation. And in fact, I, I believe that the Master Jesus would have known this. I'm sure, well, I, I'm sure he would have known it. And it was part of his strategy to bring about his death, to take karma for the world, um, and, and he employed that. Um, and then Pilate finds himself, you know, dealing with not a, a typical situation, but dealing with a divine intelligence, which he, he didn't know that. But having said that, though, that must have been his karma for a start, for some reason. And also, it must have been possible for him to do the right thing. Uh, and it's interesting because his wife, according to the Bible anyway, if we can believe the Bible, had a dream, I can't see why this would be made up, that night before the crucifixion, uh, in which it was revealed to her that the Master Jesus was indeed a just individual who, and, and he should not be crucified. And she conveyed this to Pontius Pilate. So he was even kind of in a way helped to make that decision. It was within his power to make it, but it would have been a very unusual thing to do against the will of the people and so on. And there were dark forces at work as well, of course. And he didn't. 
Um, so that's one sort of extreme case. The Master Jesus would then have had to alter his strategy, and I'm sure he would have done that easily. Uh, he would have known anyway. But it still must have been possible, that's my point, in that, even in that extreme case like that. Taking a positive case, though, we're told in the crucifixion that next to Jesus uh, was, a, was a, a thief who actually recognized him as, as, and recognized his, and acknowledged his divine status. And, um, and this is in the Gospel of St. Luke anyway, if you can believe that. Again, I can't see why it would be made up. And it wasn't completely made up, that's for sure, because the Master of Theorists commented on it in a transmission, which you might remember, Chrissy, and he said, the Venusian who was murdered by a coarse army, that being the Master Jesus, of course, turned to a thief and said, today, friend, will you be with me in heaven? That other one did accompany our beloved brother to Venus, and his scars were healed. Dear friends, this happened just because he was willing to be used as a negative pole of the positive Jesus in those last few minutes. How much wow. more then can you do who have some time in which to do it? Um, and to me, there you have two extremes. One thief uh, who really seized the moment you know, and was rewarded for yes. it. And, and went way beyond his potential, and another person in, in, in a ghastly situation, which must have been his karma, could have done it, even was encouraged mm -hmm. in a way, in a dream, through his wife, didn't do it, and went the other way. And those are extremes. For, for most of us, as the Master here says, we've got the time, and we can do these things. And no matter how advanced some of it is, and some of it is extremely advanced, some of it's very assimilable, though, some of it is, 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 is not all too advanced for ordinary people by a long chalk. Uh, but we can all do it, and we can all do it all, or it wouldn't have been given to us. Yeah, that's a fantastic illustration. I think with Pontius Pilate, it's, it makes you realize very clearly that the, when you have power, as he did at that moment, tremendous power, mm. that there comes great responsibility. And that mm. applies to you know, people now in the world the more you have power, the more responsibility you have to do the right thing. And, of course, yeah. you did the wrong thing, and the rest is history. Yes. But very, very interesting illustration. Richard, do we want to have a break? or? I was just thinking the power is really with Nikki right now, isn't it, to, <laughs> uh, to do the announcements. <laughs> well, wow, wow. What, what a revelation. Thank you so much, Richard and Chrissy. You are listening to A Serious Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze talking about an advanced path for ordinary people. And we can certainly put this into action. Every Saturday and Sunday, you are welcome to join us in the live online 12 Blessings service. And to find out more, please visit 12blessings.org, and that is 12 in digits. We are very pleased to announce the start of the exciting new King Yoga Experience Program being held in 2018 at many of our centers around the world. And to launch this new program in London, the first event will be held at the Aetherius Temple on Tuesday, April 20th. No, sorry, Tuesday, April the 10th. Please get that Tuesday, April the 10th and will be presented by Richard Lawrence, entitled Experience the Power of a Great Spiritual Master. Michigan, you have the treat on Friday, April the 13th at 7.30, when Chrissy will be presenting Cosmic Cafe 
where astrology and spirituality meet. And this will be held at the Michigan branch, Royal Oak. And looking ahead at 12 midnight GMT, April 18th, heralds in the first hour of the first spiritual push for 2018, when the Theorist Society centers worldwide welcomes again into orbit of Earth this giant spacecraft we know as a third satellite, flooding our world with much needed spiritual energy. This spiritual push or magnetization period lasts until May 23rd, during which all spiritual actions performed with a selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of 3,000 times. You are warmly invited to any one of our centers for this very potent first hour service. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to return you to Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, Richard, um, <laughs> uh, Richard uh, Dr. King, as we know, uh, received 600 messages of great wisdom, cosmic transmissions, but also was yeah. himself uh, a great spiritual teacher. And often Absolutely. with our cosmic teachings, he would give commentaries on the teachings to clarify and expand on them. And the Nine Freedoms is a great example, one of the major yes. works of the society. He gives brilliant expositions on each of these freedoms. However, he doesn't uh, just clarify, but often adds yet another dimension. Uh, Richard, would you like to um, elaborate on that? Yes, I... I... It's very interesting when you hear Dr. King commenting on various transmissions and sometimes he'll give slightly varying interpretations at different times of the same uh, teaching, which is because they are so uh, vast that they have many layers of meaning and they, they can take on different meanings. I think one example of this is a teaching which is quite a difficult one, I think, for most of us. The, uh, and it's an, advanced, it's an example of an advanced teaching, which is called The Four Aspects of Creation. Some will have heard it. There's an, an excellent uh, lecture that he delivered on this. And also it, it can be found in Cosmic Voice. Um, it's, a, as I say, a very advanced teaching, which in my opinion, uh, as I'm, and I didn't used to think this, but from looking at the way um, his trajectory was in those days, and, and this event, this experience, that he had uh, was in 1958 in England uh, when he was uh, given this information. Um, I would say was given to him. He chose to share it with others and he chose to put it in, into a certain context. Now the context he put it into was partly anyway a commentary on a transmission which we've talked about before in a theorist radio live but i wouldn't expect everyone to remember it called meditation for this age by mars sector six and just to give you one little example of that mars sector six says most basic man in answer to the question what is one plus one says he knoweth not educated man says two the metaphysician says three the master says four, and so it is. Now, that was delivered, and some roughly two weeks, I think, later, something like that, the Dr. King had this experience in which he was told about the four aspects of creation, and he was told by this Martian intelligence. Now, it's my opinion, and this is only an opinion. It's not verified or confirmed by, uh, as far as I know anyway, by Dr. King, but the intelligence 
that guided him there and guided him on occasions, once was much later in a contact in Santa Barbara. And he had one or two contacts with this, this particular intelligence. They, it wasn't a transmission per se. He'd usually be walking along, either on Putney Common, for example, or on the certain beach in Santa Barbara. Um, and then he would have uh, a phrase, something like, I would attach myself to your consciousness, my son, would be given, and he'd feel a chill feeling on his, in his spine on every occasion. And on one occasion, even saw... Um, a shadow of that intelligence even though there was no intelligence there which is very interesting and I'm looking myself and I want to stress this is an opinion at the possibility that this was in fact himself this was in fact his own full aspect guiding him now the four aspects of creation was given to him to explain Martian existence and it was all about Martian existence. Uh, he, he later asked about other planets, including this one. But it was given ab about the nature of existence on, on, on Mars. I won't attempt. It would be more than a full broadcast in itself, the four aspects of creation. is well worthy of study. But it explained how, among other things, a fourth aspect intelligence, such as Dr. King himself, could exist and what his relationship would be with his own full aspect or higher aspect, and how it would come about. And on looking at it and the timing of it, it seems to me that this was given to him. He was so generous, he chose to share it. He was so humble, and he was absolutely determined not to reveal who he was, that he put it over almost as an explanation of the meditation for this age. Now, I'm not saying it didn't throw light on that transmission, and it's an example of what you say, but I would suggest there could be other meanings to that transmission um, other than this one. Uh, but this, this one in, uh, undoubtedly is very interesting. But I don't believe that the main reason he had this experience was so that we could all understand that transmission better. That could be a reason. I, I think this would have certainly been given to him to explain the situation he found himself in. And in commenting on it, um, Dr. King says this at the time. He said, in this coming Aquarian age, the metaphysician will replace the physicist, will prove to his less enlightened brother the folly of basic mathematics by giving him some idea of the nature of reality, by demonstrating to his younger brother the mentophysical and psycho-spiritual aspects of existence. We'll teach him firstly that one plus one can never equal two, but must equal three because of the reaction produced by addition, We'll teach him later that 1 plus 1 equals 4, as so brilliantly stated by Mars Sector 6, and illustrated by another wise one from Mars. And one can see, from a study of the four aspects of creation, that one explanation of it is 1 and 1 is 4. You have two individuals, they come together, and they also have their etheric counterparts in higher realms, meaning 4 uh, altogether. Uh, that's one absolutely brilliant explanation of it. But I do believe there are others as well. And that's the, the point that you were making, I think, Chrissy, because sometimes it's possible that Dr. King gives his own more advanced, in a way, teaching than was even intended for us anyway by the communicator. I mean, another example of where he gives an interpretation which uh, is slightly different 
in a way, in a way, but doesn't contradict. I want to stress that. The original transmission is in the New Lord's Prayer by the Master Jesus, uh, when the Master Jesus says, never again, or we say when we pray, never again will I turn from my inner vision of you. And the, the, the Dr. King, in explaining this, said, well, you know, if you really did that, you wouldn't be able to physically move. Because if you really were uh, not turning from your inner vision, you'd be immobile. You'd be in such an advanced state. Now, there you have, I think, two brilliant masters. I don't think that's what the Master Jesus was telling us to do, remain immobile forever, because he, he was telling us to serve. But you have a different take. And another thing, as a sidebar, that this does, I think, is show the tremendous authenticity of the transmissions as well. Because it shows that they weren't just the product of his own mind. These were the, these were the, yeah. these were, they proved that they came from another source because he puts his own individual stamp. And just occasionally you can see a very individual stamp, which is in some way different from the communicator's stamp, uh, but, you know, doesn't detract from it, doesn't contradict it, but adds to it. That's very, very interesting. Thank you, Richard. Um, I, you made one point uh, you know, about his generosity, Dr. King's generosity. Yes. I, I think you'll agree yes. that he wanted to give us everything he could possibly give us, and by us I mean yep. the world. He wanted mm. to raise us up. He wanted us to advance and did everything he possibly could through his yep. uh, wisdom and through his teachings, but also uh, through his experiences. But some of these, Richard, they were so very sacred, such as his Agreed. visit to the Logos of Earth, um, Absolutely. So on, yeah. that one feels that he almost, I, I don't want to say he shouldn't have done it, but it's like it's almost like mm. it was so sacred that we feel it's beyond us to even know about these things. And I wondered if yes. you could comment on that. Yes, I'd love to comment on that, because Dr. King actually did admit that he gave too much too quickly. Uh, he admitted that. Uh, and, you know, if, if that be a fault, what a wonderful, generous... Uh, fault it would be I'm not saying it was a fault but uh, he certainly lost a lot and he also admitted that by doing that he he lost some of his own experience uh, particularly given that it would not be appreciated by anyone who heard it in the way that he appreciated it and I think we'll all know I mean you I'm sure there are people listening to this who have tried to share knowledge of the Ethereum society with people and well done for trying to do that and sometimes they haven't appreciated it and it comes as a blow it, it, if you let it it yeah. can affect you it's understandable and you kind of lose something and I, I've been with uh, Dr. King actually when he's revealed certain things and uh, he, I remember one Sunday morning it happened to be in Los Angeles but it could as well have been anywhere and he gave an address and he didn't feel people really appreciated it and he tried to get them to go back and meditate on it afterwards. But I could also sense at a personal level a sense of loss from him. It wasn't that people didn't appreciate, you know, that they weren't grateful to him. It was a level of appreciation. It must have been very, very difficult because we know in our tiny ways what it's like to say something sacred to us that doesn't get appreciated. And those of us who go on the media, like few of us do, including you, Chrissy, you know, we've had that over and over again. But at the same time, you know, it gets trampled all over at times by certain people. But 
for him though he was on such a level and I think it's a very good example you give the visit to the Logos of Earth because how many people do we know of who've ever had such a visit I'm sure it's a, a tiny number but those that have have not shared it um, they might have shared it in the, in the very distant time, past in mystery secret schools where there'd be a certain level of appreciation given to it but in these days, the pearls are cast and the truths are given. And he gave you know, experiences which were intended for him. I would agree with you completely there. He tried to share them. Uh, so, so some of it was meant to be shared. He felt that the Lords of the Flame, in this particular case, wanted uh, some of this shared. Uh, and he did share it. But there were certain really sacred experiences he had that he, he wore his heart on his sleeve really by, by, by sharing them with us. It was a tremendous generosity and you know the Ethereum Society is really a reflection of, of him. And that's, what, that's why yeah. it's King Yoga because it is a reflection of him and the more that he revealed that light and the more we can get to that light the closer we're getting to that, the life behind the reflection, to quote the transmission, not the reflection, but the life, which is him. Um, but, you know, just, just one final point I'd say. I mean, when I, I don't know about you, Chrissy, but when I first heard about the Ethereum Society and the concepts of it, or, or just the simple concepts of Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, all came, coming from other planets, giving different aspects of the, te- of the great wisdom, and, and the, the basic concepts of it and speaking through Dr. King, it made complete and perfect sense to me. It didn't sound strange. Yeah. It didn't sound odd. I then thought, oh, well, you know, every, all my friends and, and my family, they're going to jump at this. I mean, this is obviously, oh, great news. And they didn't. You know, they didn't. They, to them, it sounded odd. And it's like the Plato's cave, you know, it, the, the man who came in and they thought he was all mad because he'd seen the sun. That's, that's giving <laughs> actually not quite the full story. But it, it's what happens, and it is a blow. And for, for Dr. King, life must have been like that most of the time, I would suggest. But being the master he was, he lived with it, and, and he handled it, and he controlled it. He had a tremendous sense of humor, as you know, and he just got on with life. Um, but it wasn't easy. It was terribly difficult for him. Absolutely, and of course he was setting the, um, he was casting these pearls, if you like, for the coming age, was he not? The age of Aquarius when the waters of truth are given. So way ahead of his time are the teachings, and yet strangely of the time. (laughs) It's again, it's another sort of dilemma. It's um, in the next two thousand years, people will, over the time, and hopefully not take that long, but will, you know, understand his teachings and his missions, um, it will happen, of course, on this planet. Yes, it will happen. We just The question is how many people will, will grasp it. I mean, that's why we're doing, that's why we're doing Ethereist Radio Live and the numerous other things we are doing to try and share it, to try and prepare all of us uh, to absorb it and, and adjust to it because it is, I mean, there, you know, he came quietly and... Uh, Relatively, I mean, he, he, he isn't known by everybody on the planet yet. Millions, millions of people have come across 
his name and across the Ethereum Society. And if anyone who's looking into, I think, ufology now could quite easily find it if they were open to the spiritual aspect of ufology. Um, and I'm sure far more people have than we think. But it's a question of people, all of us really, are changing ourselves. That's the difference between you know the pupil being ready so the teacher appears just at the right time. We can't wait now till we're ready. That's the main point I, I would like to make. Whether we are ordinary people, I mean, I, I, I'm sure, and uh, to different degrees and different levels, some much more ready than others. To some it's a great challenge uh, from, from the word go. And they still grasp it, some people, and all power to them for doing that and follow it. And then the more they do, it's like a, a readiness scale. We become more ready by doing it. You know, how do yes, you get ready yes. for it? By doing it. it there's another contradiction yes. and another paradox built into that, really. Yeah. And by, by becoming a part of this extraordinary path, the Ethereum Society, it literally improves our karmic pattern um, because we're part of something so much greater than the many of the individuals within it, if that makes sense. It's much greater yeah. than the sum total of the number of people in it. And yes. um, because of the work it's, it's doing, it's a master cog in the cosmic plan, we've been told. Yes, some people, it's interesting you say that, because some people have said to me, well, you know, the Ethereum Society is so great, so wonderful, why doesn't it have, you know, oodles of money and, and, and great support, because surely its karma is so good it must have it. And sadly, the facts are that the karma of the society is made up of the karma of the people who support it, and is affected by the karma of the people who don't, because it's given to the world. And, you know, but the, the plus side of that is the more effort we make, the more we support it, the more we can help the karma of this organization to become what it should be on this realm. I mean, I certainly believe if we were on the highest of realms, there'd be nobody opposed to it. I, I, you know, everybody would be familiar, yeah. understand, accept it. They might have their own tasks to perform, whatever they may be. But there would be no, you know, objection to it as you as you do get here and, and coming back to the meditation for this age um Marcel six said these truths are offered to you at this time to encourage meditation so that you may be prepared to meet the reflection when this cometh as a barrier before you so where you get that barrier and there are barriers um this this uh, will prepare us for it this inner knowledge and this action in the light of the great wisdom we've been delivered thank you very much Richard we're sadly coming to the end of this show um, before we hand over to Nikki I wondered Richard if I could just put you on the spot and uh, because I know you've been doing so much research and I wondered if you could reveal anything about Dr. King that perhaps is not widely known or perhaps about his a quality of his or anything that springs wow. to mind wow um, uh, let me have a, a, a quick think. I, I think, I mean, this is, you know, one thing that perhaps um, I, I, there's only so much I can reveal, I must say. But one thing I would reveal is that, you know, he's that strange combination of being absolutely one of the greatest that's ever come here, and he knew that, while being incredibly humble and wanting to play yeah. himself down as far as he possibly could, in whatever way he could, even if it meant 
and he would say this, having a drink, an alcoholic drink, or smoking, to bring his vibrations down so that he could better function among people. And he'd go out of his way sometimes to do that. Uh, and it, all the while, I mean, I, I remember, for example, when he was very, very ill, giving him healing. Most people you give healing to who had the condition he had at the time, you would feel you know, the, the, the vibrations of that condition. That, and it was a real condition. And it was there, and yet it was like being in a temple with a sacred article as you laid your hands upon him. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much, Richard. And, thank uh, you, Chrissy. Hand over to Nikki. Well, well, thank you so much, Richard and Chrissy. Uh, you have been listening to Ethereum Radio Live, your cosmic connection, the third Tuesday of each month. The next show on April the 17th will have Chrissy Blaze, who will be joined by Alison Lawrence talking about Jesus, the Messiah of the Piscean Age. Please visit Ethereus.org for more information about the Ethereum Society the King Yoga Experience, and details of publications and audio titles. You can connect with Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence, chrissyblaze.com and richardlawrence.co.uk, respectively. We hope you enjoyed listening to Ethereum Radio Live, and we look forward to being with you next month. <laughs>